Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Thank you for listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right, we got more touristic you for you today. Uh, I realized I didn't do a quick recap last time. So here's a quick recap. Uh, they're, uh, Cal and, and Grand Orc are currently on a alien planet and kidnapped by aliens. And uh, Hayden has met the Dervish too, and had an insane uh, plan to land on the planet and get near to the Dervish too to see if he can help save Cal. Uh, so yeah, let's just go ahead and dive right in. The Grantham Menlars dragged Cal through an elaborate cave system. The creatures moved effortlessly with no light. She debated if they had multi-spectrum eyes when she realized that the hollow sockets she thought were eyes were probably ears. The way the creature clicked while they walked reminded her of an echolocation technique blind humans would use to map the surrounding area in their heads. The bugs had no use for eyes in the dark, but an acute sense of hearing would undoubtedly put them on the top of their food chain. She was lucky she had a multi-purpose spectrum vision from the implants, or else she would have been able to see their surroundings. The further down they went, the more robust the vegetation got. Instead of moss and other forms of cave fungi, there were mushrooms the size of trees and molds that grew like grass. It was an entire ecosystem under the planet's surface. Eventually, they made their way to a vast underground Grantham Inler village. The creatures seemed to live in these giant huts that resembled beehives. If size differences identified the sexes, there appeared to be a ratio of 30 females to one male. The hives were large enough to fit one male and all the mates and the children. In the center of the village, there was a pond of molten lava. Large spits were built across the fire pit, roasting slices of giant mushrooms and other forms of exotic wildlife and vegetation. 
they went past a lava pit into an area where livestock and groves of mushrooms were planted in rows. The pens held living versions of what was roasting on the spits in the center of town. There was a newly constructed cage, presumably for the miners, where they tossed a cow without so much as a word. They dragged Granork in another direction. Where are you taking him? Cal yelled. She banged on the walls of the cell, but the Grantham Endlers did not acknowledge her. They disappeared into the dark without saying anything. Eventually, her crewmate went out of the range of her implants. They won't talk to you, a voice said from behind. Cal whipped around and slammed a human male against the cage wall. He let out an oof and gagged when she pressed her arm on his neck. He looked ragged but well fed, and he had been there from a long while from the state of his clothes, hair and beard. She let go and he tumbled backward. She paced the cell, looking for a weakness. The man took a moment to catch his breath. I tried that, and where would you go if you got out? They know these caves better than any of us. I have a friend out there, Cal said, and shook a loose bar, but it didn't help. I feel you, I really do. I lost everything, but they're either slaughtering him or fattening him up. Either way, he'll be eaten too. What if I get to him first? Look, that's what every soldier, every dippy scientist from Earth has sent out here has said. But they all became dinner. Why haven't you been eaten? Cal said in frustration. They were locked in tight. There wasn't a way out that immediately presented itself. The same reason why you aren't being slaughtered this very minute. They want us to mate. Cal ejected a blade from her arm and pressed it against the man's throat. I will never mate with you. The man put his hands up and said, Whoa, I'm not asking. My wife begged me to poison her so she and the baby would die during childbirth. Do you think I really want those things dining on any child of mine? Cal saw the tears forming in the man's eyes, and she let him go. The man slumped against the side of the cage, and Cal sat next to him. She put her hand out in the traditional earth greeting. Cal, Mavis, the man said. But my friends call me Mav. Well, Mav, I have a ship out there. They'll just have to get past the IF fleet. Once they do, they'll save us. All of us. I heard the planetary bombardments. Is that what they were here for? To cover up their mistake? Mav spat. Took them long enough. How long have you been here? On the planet? Well, seven years. At least that's what my implant says. I haven't connected to a network in four years. Has it been four years? Man, all I have are these stupid pre-installed games to keep myself occupied. Could have downloaded a library, but no. I was saving money to get off this rock, Mav said. So what happened? Well, the first few years were peachy. The mining was successful, we were getting ore by leaps and bounds. Then we broke through to the Grantham Endlore City. We had no idea there was a sentient species here. The bugs don't go to the surface much, other than gathering a few plants herbs and sand for their birthing chambers. Either way, the cave system we were mining wasn't connected to theirs till we broke through. After that, there were just too many of them. I'm not an expert on interstellar law, but isn't a sentient species homeworld, no matter the stage of its development, theirs to do with as they please? Cal said, even though she knew how much of a lie it was, considering what happened to her planet. Laws were only there for those who didn't have the money to break them. Yeah, but this planet had so much ore close to the surface, with the natural cave networks throughout this rock, it's a lot to give up. Especially if you spend all that money setting up operations in the first place. It costs the same as a small planet. Was that a moon? Either way, 
It was a lot to build up this thing. They tried to send soldiers to rescue us, but everyone ended up on the dinner plate. From what I heard, humans are the best thing the Grantham Endlers have ever tasted. Other tribes are offering huge trades for a person. I'm only around because they got in their head that I'm braiding stock. That's why they stole my shuttle, Cal said. A sh they flew a shuttle? How? They've only barely started using steel, Mav scoffed. They're smarter than you think. There are teaching stations and piloting simulators on your base, right? The translators seem to have learned their language just fine. What makes you think they haven't been teaching themselves about us in the years you've been here? Mav pursed his lips and said, yeah, but look, humans figured out the motion of planets and stars long before they had the technology to visit them. I bet if you gave Copernicus a few years with a simulator, he'd be flying a shuttle too, Cal said. Now, my crew will be coming for me, and you're welcome to come with us, or you can stay here as breeding stock, I don't care which, but what I don't want is for you to get in my way. I've gotten lucky. The last two women who've been in here, uh, it didn't work out for them. One was infertile, and the other took her own life. I'm guessing if I don't produce offspring, my days are number two. I've survived this long on luck and lies, but for a while there I had them convinced humans only made it once a year. <laughs> Mav chuckled and saw Cal wasn't amused. He straightened up and said, well, what, what I mean to say is I don't think my luck will last long. What's the plan? For a guy stuck in a cage the past five years, you talk a lot, Cal said. I've had no one to talk to. Alright, that was another Touristicu. Uh, yeah, more Touristicu coming. Yeah, and if I if you haven't gotten the third book, I suggest doing so. People are digging it. Uh, if you've gotten the third book and you like it, go ahead and leave a review. Uh, reviews help me out a lot. They help us independent authors get known, get spotted. <laughs> uh, people read reviews and use that to decide whether or not they buy a book. So, all right. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, I will be back soon. Mm -hmm.